Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Bonus Buns, where it's not a cinema buns, it's not a mini buns, it's a bonus buns, just a little extra for you and me. My name is Hoover Ramirez, Hoover Ramirez, and today I'm writing solo because I'm doing one in another episode of these things. Um, I want to do another episode of Hoover's Mini Review Spectacular. Just imagine a bunch of echoes after that, okay? Um, Where I'm bringing 10 movies where we didn't cover on What's Feud, a cinema buns, a bonus, uh, mini puns. Um, and, um, just cause we didn't have schedule, their schedule conflicts or, uh, you know, we only get one movie a week. We only cover one movie a week. And, uh, maybe I just forgot about them. Maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of things that happened in my life anyways. Um, so yeah, 10 movies and I gotta say all of them are good. Uh, all of them are pretty decent at the very best. I'm not going to bash any of these movies. Really? There's just, not that they're not going to get any critiques. I'm just saying, I'm not going to say, hey, this movie's bad. Don't watch it. I'm just going to say that overall. There's not a bad one in the bunch. I'm just say, so I'm going to say this. 10 out of 10 recommend. And I'm sorry I'm burping. But um, and I'm not saying that these movies are perfect, like 10 out of 10. I'm just saying 10 out of these 10 movies I'd recommend. I think they're at least decent at very best. Um, And... Uh, so I gotta say that's so all of them are gonna say it's pretty good. It's gonna it's pretty good. I'm gonna say that constantly through the episode. Sorry, sorry about that. And also, just um, we have a little outline here. Um, uh, I'm gonna give you guys a little synopsis, a little a little. What, what is this movie about? And then I'm gonna do a general, vague, very vague review. Uh, just because I wanna, I don't wanna really spoil too much about this mo- these movies, and I want you to enjoy them as best as you can um i don't know if some people like spoilers and they're like yeah just tell me whatever i don't care but like for me i really like to go into a movie without knowing anything just i i don't know i feel like i enjoy movies like that better but um so yeah i'm, I'm gonna do that for all y'all um all of them are gonna be pretty short hence the name mini review spectacular and then uh yeah we're gonna do the thing um and so um, <clears throat> let's get on with these movies. Uh, first off on our list of movies, um, if I could just see my list, there you go. Thank you. Um, to myself, um, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. This is a movie. Well, let me, let me, well, let me tell you something about this movie first. Let me, let me see. Um, <clears throat> the Red Ribbon Army was once destroyed by Son Goku. Individuals who carry on its spirit have created the ultimate androids. Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. However, these two androids call themselves superheroes and start attacking Piccolo and Gohan. Alright, so if you guys don't know the Red Ribbon Army, they're bad people. Um, and then when you heard androids, you're gonna you're gonna say Android 17 and 18, weren't you? No, these are Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. And when you heard superheroes are the androids are superheroes. That's very confusing because Piccolo and Gohan are the superheroes, if you don't know. Um I just did that. I don't have that in my notes. I just, you know, did that. Um. <laughs> anyways, I gotta say, this movie caught me, caught my eye, my only one eye, with only the trailer, only not even the trailer, the poster. It looked cool and it looked different because you know why it looked different? Not because of the animation. I'll get to that later. But because the focal point of this movie are Gohan and Piccolo, two of my favorite characters of the whole series. Um. I, I like them so much. Piccolo is just cool. Uh, he's green, my favorite color. And Gohan, he had so much potential in Dragon Ball Z. And then they kind of just push him and Piccolo aside. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they're not the main characters, but they could have been. Um, and I like that the, this movie just uh, makes them the main focus. And I was confused at first because I haven't seen anything since Dragon Ball Z. So I was like, well, story-wise and everyone, I'm like, wait, I thought, I don't know. Anyways. But I caught on pretty quick, and I've heard good things about Dragon Ball Super. I just haven't, you know, haven't got around to watching it. So, um, and so my experience is Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, a little bit of Dragon Ball GT. I know we don't talk about that, and um, just some cool clips from Super. And so yeah, um, I also know they updated the graphics. But when I watched this movie, <laughs> they were like really updated them. And I was super confused because I was like, what in the PlayStation 2 cutscene is that? Um, it was very off-putting at first because I was expecting something else. And I know I saw the trailer, but I've seen that once. 
And then after that, I forgot how it looks like. I just know the story. Um, but I don't know. I just got, but I don't know. I got kind of just used to it. And by the end of it, I enjoyed the animation, but I didn't love it. Um, so that I, that's all I got to say about the animation. Uh, it, was, it was cool. And I know they kind of experienced it in Brawl. They experimented with this in Brawly a little bit, but I think they went fully on in this movie, if I heard right. Um, but anyways, um, I like Gohan, Gohan and Piccolo. Um, and I like the comedy that it brings. I like that this movie has felt like very low stakes and there was comedy into it. And um, it felt like an episode out of Dragon Ball. You know, there's danger. There, there's uh, potential world ending danger. But, you know, again, low stakes. Uh, it felt very low stakes because for one, uh, <laughs> well, the villains, uh, the villains felt very jokey um, characters uh again straight out of dragon ball and um and i liked him and and at first i gotta say gamma one and gamma two's designs i did not like at all at first at first um i thought they looked kind of lame but then i got they got introduced and then um they're like superheroes i'm like oh okay i kind of get okay i like them i like them i like them um but yeah and then um i also like that the se- there's a second storyline besides the gohan piccolo uh with goku and vegeta and Brawly <laughs> that I really enjoyed. Um, it was something small, but there was it was something small, not nothing too important. But um, it was just an excuse for Goku and Vegeta not to be there to save the day. So my boys Piccolo and Gohan got some time to shine. Um, so I like that. It was a small thing. It was enjoyable. Um, didn't really add anything to the movie besides what I just said. Um, and so yeah. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the movie mostly. I liked the story. I liked the comedy, and I enjoyed that. I felt like the ending was just a little bit too rushed, in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, overall, I think this movie is a solid B. Uh, also, there's a post credit. I very much enjoyed. I loved it so much. Um, so stay for the post credit if you haven't. Um, so, anyways, solid B. Moving on, <clears throat> another animated movie, not an anime particularly, but uh. Intergalactic. Um, let me tell you something about Intergalactic. If I could just find what the thing is. All right. <clears throat> Ambitious artist Jabari attempts to balance success and love after he moves into his dream Manhattan apartment and falls for his next door neighbor. Yeah, it's very simple. The, <laughs> the story is very simple. Um, and I don't know where to begin. I, I like the art style. I like that this is Kid Cudi's passion project brought to life. I, I love Kid Cudi. Um, I like the story and the characters for the most part. And of course I like the music. Um, I like that the main char- characters, uh, Meadow and Jabari had friends they could go to and had a cool conversation, you know, ca- cool, casual conversations. Um, um, again, going back to the animation, that was cool. There's one sequence where, um, Mr. Rager, um, Kid Cudi's, uh, or Jabari's, uh, comic comes to life. And, uh, I thought that was awesome and I enjoyed it. And it was, it was trippy, especially with the animation style. Um, I like that this movie talked about integrity. Um, Jabari, you know, <clears throat> you know, he's um, he goes, he gets a job at cosmic comics, his dream job. Um, and uh, there's a character who's like, Hey man, you got to change. Cause you know, they hired you to do their style, not your style. So um, do that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I like the parallels between Jabari and Parker. Parker, <laughs> Jabari Parker is a basketball player. And it was Jabari and Meadow. Um, Meadow, his love interest. Um, <clears throat> um, well, her par- parallels is because uh, she's a photographer. And to be honest, like in the movie, she's kind of getting pipped out by this guy, like using her pretty much to get ahead, um, if I remember correctly. And so uh, I like that there's parallels and then they fight for integrity. And I like that this movie is about staying true to who you are um, and the balance of work and passions and love. Um, although I, I really want to enjoy this movie. I, I, I don't know for me, I just don't like it as much as I should. Um, to me, it felt pretty slow at times. If this is like a 90 minute movie, actually special, not really a movie, but a special. Um, and it felt like two hours in my opinion, maybe it was just the time of day. I was like, maybe like watching it late at night, but it just felt like it took forever to go through. Um, but I enjoyed it overall. Um, there's some cool stuff for me. The story felt a little slow at times. And for me, that hurt it and i think that's why i think it was just a slow burn kind of feel um and really that's the only th- bad thing about it it's just slow and the frame rate was also slow um i thought my wi-fi was cutting out and then i i figured oh that's just how it is that's how the movie is 
Um, and I don't know. I liked it, but and I didn't like it, but I got used to it. I think that's what it is for me. Uh, this movie felt very mid. There's, I mean, there's a lot to like. There's like to like it, like about it, but also, I think it's just a slow part that took me out. Um, which is funny too, because then I this this movie's um cut apart into six parts where I'm like this feels very digestible yeah um you know because you know it's like when you cut up food into like six things like it make your make tricks your mind to like thinking short and or uh, you're eating more than you should um then you are <laughs> um and but yeah I don't know I don't know what this, it is but I just didn't like it as much and to me overall felt like a C um but I I, I appreciate it because I I I did enjoy it probably just because of Kid Cudi and also this, this it has a stacked cast let me tell you something about this cast. It has Kid Cudi, Jessica Williams, Tim, Timmy Chalamet, Vanessa Hudgens, Macaulay Culkin, Jaden Smith himself, and a bunch of other people. Um, Keith David is Mr. Rager. That's dope as hell. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, very enjoyable see. Uh, moving on to another passion project. Project Billy Eichner's pra- pra- passion project, Bros. Uh, first, I gotta say, <clears throat> actually, let's let's just say what it is first. Uh, come on, Hoover. Um, Bobby, Bobby is a neuro- neurotic podcast host who who's happy to go on Tinder dates and content to not having a serious relationship. That all changes when he meets Aaron, an equally detached lawyer who likes to play the field. Repeatedly drawn to each other, both men begin to show their vulnerable sides as their undeniable attraction turns into something resembling a commitment. <clears throat> all right cool so first i gotta say this movie is like gay like gay gay like there are gay scenes i'm not saying this just because i felt uncomfortable and i'm not i'm like homophobic i'm saying because other felt other people felt uncomfortable and <laughs> i felt like they were kind of homophobic <laughs> um with this kind of stuff so yeah don't go if you're not comfortable with that kind of stuff but i'm just saying um i'm just saying guys Okay, because I'm just and I'm saying this not because, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm homophobic. Or anything. I'm just saying just because I had two instances in my theater where, <clears throat> okay, one, one, there's this guy. I'm assuming with his girlfriend. They go watch this movie. The first gay scene, sex scene happens. <clears throat> A guy's and then the guy says, what the fuck is that? What am I watching? And then um, <laughs> it was funny because I thought he was trying to be funny. But all then I'm starting to think, and then he starts like rum, like rumbling to his girlfriend, and then he's like, "Yeah, wow, well, why don't you bring me to this?" Blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, "Oh, all right." Now now that just felt kind of obnoxious. Now <laughs> just, um, and then kind of the same thing happens because some teens walk in late. I know they're sneaking into the movie because who walks in halfway through a movie? Um, and they walk into the wildest scene. They're walking into an orgy scene. And they immediately start giggling and talking loudly. How like how just like, like what the what the fuck is this, bro? What, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I'm just rambling. I'm tired. Um, anyways, and it was just annoying because then of all like a lot of people in this movie are enjoying it. They're laughing. They're enjoying it. Um, and but you know these kids these kids are just giggling and commenting and like they're acting like no one else is in the theater this is like a halfway packed theater (laughs) and they're just talking like no one's there um so i go to report to the the you know to someone and then they go in i don't know i i think they just tell them to calm down i don't know what because they're still there when i get back but what i liked about it is just about this circumstance is i got to see everyone's faces they're like enjoying the movie and they're like oh yeah Except for these stupid kids. Anyways. Um, but yeah, eventually they got grossed out. Or I don't know, maybe their mommies had to pick them up. I don't know. I don't know. Because they walked out of the movie. And I was getting frustrated because like I'm trying to enjoy this movie. Pretty good movie. And uh, yeah, they just fuck it up for me. And fuck it up for everyone else without just enjoying this movie. Um, so I got to say. But I'm like, to me, guys, like, if you go on watching this movie, how the hell are you not? Are you surprised by this? I mean. It's 2022 people. Grow the fuck up. Like, <laughs> um, how, like, how are you guys are not surprised, especially look, if, if you see the trailer, it kind of tells you everything, but the poster is two guys, two guys having their hands on their butts. And, and it says a romantic comedy that gives you all the feels. 
and <laughs> and a bro meets a bro love story, you know? So how what did you think it was gonna be two meatheads like, yo, man, we're gonna dap it up and play football and kind of do that, but that's a funny scene. Anyways, it's in the trailer if you want to watch it. Um Um But yeah, I'm like, guys, grow the fuck up. Anyways, what can I say? Going back to my actual review about this movie, what can I say? I'm a sucker for romantic comedies and Billy Eichner. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I like the comedy, the characters. I also like the story. I love that this was a full LGD, LGBTQ plus Q, uh, movie. And um, and I like that this was a romantic comedy. It's not really a drama. It's not like someone coming out. I'm not trying to bash that. I'm saying that's an important topic. I think everyone should have the courage to come out. Um, when it, when and when they are ready, um, but I'm just saying, I'm I'm glad it was just, it just wasn't like a a, a Brokeback Mountain, a Philadelphia kind of movie, <laughs> just you know. And they also kind of uh, mentioned that in the movie, um, and I like that they 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 had, um, they commented on that, and because as an ally and as a moviegoer, how many times are we gonna see a dramatic movie where it's like forbidden love and on and or uh, a coming out kind of movie i'm not saying again i'm not saying i'm not bashing that at all i'm just like as a moviegoer and as an ally i'm like again like can we just see a life and a day of uh, a gay person or uh, a community uh, a member of the community you know um and i don't know maybe i'm the wrong guy to talk about that <laughs> um i'm still kind of new i'm still learning all the term like terms you know um and you know i don't i'm <laughs> I don't want to um, offend anyone at all. And so I'm sorry if I do, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I think, you know, we could just have a main character that's just already out and he's just living his life. Um, and so, yeah, I like that. And again, um, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. I, I hope not. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, but anyways, going back to the movie, Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane complimented each other very well. I like that they're complete opposites with great chemistry. Luke was a very lukewarm, boring kind of guy. Yes, there was that was a pun intended. And Billy Eichner, well, he's Billy Eichner. <laughs> he's doing his shtick the whole movie, but I liked it. It was just two different uh, complete characters and then Bond, and I like their relationship. Um, I also like that it highlights the different sides of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm sorry. I'm just a very fast talker, and that's a lot of letters. Um. <laughs> And um, especially when uh, um, where I like it's presented is in Bill Eckner's friend group and then his commute, his committee for his museum. Um, I just like that. You show different sides, like different kind of couples, different kind of people. Um, and it's just not they're all like gay and everything. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Um, overall, it's a funny movie, but not all the jokes land, um, you know, and. So they were like, oh, that that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, and this movie isn't perfect. Um, I feel like they could shed like five, ten minutes away from this movie. And I gotta say, the biggest problem of this movie is not really the acting, not, not nothing. It's really the editing. Sometimes the editing felt kind of off. I can't remember any of the scenes, but sometimes I'm like, what am I watching here? And why why did that look weird? Um, <laughs> just um and of course, the ending is cheesy and corny. But again, I like that because it's ultimately a rom com. But I get it if it's not your cup of tea, it's not for everyone. Um, I want to give this movie an A plus, but after my, my initial excitement, because I'm like, yes, this is what the world needs, and I love it so much. And after talking about with, talking about it with some people, and I stepped back and actually like, let me let me see this. And then I saw the flaws. Yeah, um, one of the big bigger flaws, not the biggest flaw, but uh, one of the flaws I also got like. You know, I thought about it I'm like Billy Eichner's character. He becomes a little overwhelming at times and annoying at some point in the movie. But there's a point to why he's doing that. That's just him. But also that's who he is. And he's just trying to be him himself. And when other people are trying to put him down. Um, so I like it and I didn't like it. Potato, potato, tomato. Um, I, I don't know. Overall, I'm gonna give it a B, a solid B. Um, and hold on. I just got to do something real quick. Uh. Uh, sorry, I had to connect my laptop. Let me double check if that's, uh, plugged in. Okay, cool. Yeah, it is. Okay, anyways, going back to the next movie, uh, Dear Revenge is the next movie. And, um, <laughs> let me read you something about Dear Revenge. Um, 
Popular Drea wants to wants revenge on her boyfriend for publishing her sex tape. An exchange student, Eleanor, is haunted by a rumor. The two teenagers team up to take action against tormentors, and they TKA TKA totally kick ass. Um, <laughs> just added that last part about TKA. Anyways, this if that plot sounds familiar, it it is because I felt like this movie is like the Gen Z. Heathers and Mean Girls, um, like this generation's Heathers and Mean Girls, and maybe not as good, but still enjoyable. I think there's many twists and turns I like about this movie, and um, but I'm not sure if it's stuck in landing. I think overall, Camila Mendez and Maya Hawk, two of my favorite actresses, um, actors, um, were great and have chemistry. And I also love the Sophie Turner scenes; they were so fun. I don't do cocaine. I don't know even how it looks like. That was a horrible impersonation, but that's those are my favorite scenes. Um, um, I also like that this movie used Gen Z slang naturally and not forced. I think there was a, there was not a scene where I rolled my eyes because of how cringe the slang was. Um, I'm not saying that this movie's not with cringe; it has cringe moments, but in a good way. Um, <laughs> um, and I also like that this movie is about revenge, but also about friendship. Um, so yeah. And I also very, 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 very much like the outfits in this movie. They're so awesome. They're so colorful and wonderful to look at. Um, I think one thing I didn't like are the love interests in this movie. I did not get Camila Mendes' love interest at all. Um, I think it would have worked if that person's not there at all. Like To me, it didn't add added nothing in the end. Maybe character development, but in, I don't know. In the end... Um, I think it would have been better if they just focused more on Camila Mendes and Mike Hawk. Um, they're so good. I don't know. I really like the relationship in this movie. Um, I hope there's a Deep Revenge too. I hope. I don't know. Um, but um, I think what didn't work for me is the ending. I think the ending need, the ending needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. Um, and I would like this movie more. I also wish it would have. There's a point. There's a plot twist in this movie, and I really think it would have been better or maybe i don't know maybe this is just this is just a thought it would have been better if they went a horror comedy kind of way um because <laughs> throughout this movie this felt like a teen comedy you know um coming of age kind of thing um but there's a plot to where so i'm like this is going pretty dark and i hope they go full on with it but they really don't and i it's not that it takes away from the movie but i'm just like that would have been cool to see um and I got to say, this is not a horror movie at all, really. Um, and but yeah, I, I don't It was just a thought. It's just a thought. Anyways, Do Revenge is a great movie. Good movie. And I think it's a it's a good team movie overall. That's fun. And so for that reason, I'm gonna give it a B minus. Um, moving on. And sorry if that was a little short, but I got to move on. <laughs> uh, next, we're still talking about revenge. Actually, we're talking about vengeance. Um, and yes, this is BJ Novak's uh directorial debut movie and let me tell you something about this movie a journalist and podcaster travels from new york city to texas to investigate the death of a woman who he hooked up with um that's yeah that's pretty it's that's a very simple plot um let me tell you something this movie has been a, on my watch list for like the longest time it caught my eye just because i had bj novak and just because of the trailer i thought this would look like fun um i think we we messed up because i think we watched super pets instead of this movie and i don't know why we did that um because and it sucks too because this movie was only out for like two weeks and then it wasn't there anymore and i missed it and i don't know i think it was just scheduling for myself and i don't know we should have prepared for this movie better because i think this movie beat super pets although i love super pets as well um anyways i wish i watched this movie earlier and in theaters because i watched it on peacock um because this movie is a dope ass movie. It feels like Fargo meets Only Murders in the Building meets Texas. <laughs> it's so what I'm trying to say. It's like Fargo, but in Texas, and you know, I only add Only Murders in the Building because of the podcasting. But anyways, um, and the comedy, and um, <clears throat> I gotta say, B.J. Novak and the rest of cast do, do do great stuff here. I do think it takes a bit to get to get it going, but once we're introduced to the family, I think. Uh, that's when it starts to pick up because I like the family's just enjoyable. All of them are different characters. All of them are fun characters, and they add something different. Um, 
and um ashton kutcher also does a great job he is so weird in this movie and i loved it um oh and i like the culture clash of bj novak novak you know being a new yorker and uh then he goes to texas where they do they do things differently there um <laughs> and i like that he's first, first against it then he kind of just I don't know, it just goes along with it. And I think if you're a fan of Texas, the state, not the college or any sports teams or anything, um, or if you're a Texan, you'll probably like this movie because in my research of doing of, of reviews in this movie, I saw a lot of people say that, hey, I'm from Texas and I like all the Texas jokes and cliches because they're true. Um, <laughs> um, so take that with what you will. Um Anyways, I, 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 one of my favorite cliches and jokes here are uh, stereotypical things are the Whataburger bit. Um, BJ Novak's like, what's so good about Whataburger? And then this, everyone's just like, it's there because it's there. There's, what, there's nothing to explain. It's just there. <laughs> and this just kind of reminds me of uh, uh, In N Out that I know because I know Whataburger is Texas's In N Out pretty much. Not that they're saying they're equivalent or just as good. Um, obviously in and out's better. Nah, I haven't had Whataburger, so I don't know. But um, I know that Californians will defend in and out and claim it as the best burger. Um, and I don't think it's the burger itself. I think because I mean, if you ask someone, they're like, what's so good about it? Like, oh, it's it's in and out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's like the service and just it's it's kind of cheap. And uh, you know, it's kind of fresh. It feels fresh. Uh, that's what I like about it. But anyways, there's nothing really special about in and out besides that it's the vibe of that place and it's from California and yeah. Um, honestly, I think you can make those burgers at home. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm like, <laughs> just, just re- what's so special about in and out. I've been trying to figure out myself. I mean, I love in and out, but yeah. Anyways, I like that bit of what a burger. And I got to say this movie is near perfect. I think until the end, I think they make a big leap with a certain character which is out of character, and in my opinion, I think if you switch around some characters doing some certain things, it makes it make more sense, and it doesn't have that big leap at the end. I know I'm being very vague with this thing right here, with this note, but again, I don't want to spoil the movie for everyone, and um, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, um, maybe there's an episode where I do actual full spoiler on this movie. I don't know. But anyways, um, I'm just going to say that. And there's a few things I didn't like. For example, there's like one plot hole I thought of while watching this movie. Um, so I'm going to tell you this. I don't I think it's like a, a spoiler or anything. But okay. So BJ Novak is called from his family because the family, their daughter dies. And um, BJ Novak was her boyfriend. Or that's what they thought. When BJ Novak gets there, the phone is locked. Which has BJ Novak's uh number and so my question is my question is how the hell did the family get the number if <laughs> if the phone is locked how the hell did they call him i don't get it um i don't know this is one small thing but it bothered me um overall i enjoyed this movie i wish i saw it in theaters i think it's a solid a minus and a for a great outing for bj novak's dictatorial debut um and if you don't like <laughs> I got to say, and if you don't like this movie, um, bless your heart. I just got to say that. Bless your heart. Um, <laughs> just, anyways, moving on. Uh, kind of another whodunit movie. Actually, a very big whodunit movie. See how they run. Um, and let me tell you something about see how they run. <clears throat> In 1950s, London plans for a movie version of a smash hit play comes to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. When a world world weary inspector and an eager rookie constable take on the case, they find themselves thrown into puzzling whodunits with a glamorously sorted world of underground theater, investigating the mysterious homicide at their own peril. And I'm sorry for that voice. Um, I will never do it again. Maybe. Um, I gotta say this movie. Um, well, that has a great cast. Uh, um, I had very much fun with this movie. I think. I felt a little underwhelmed with this one, maybe because I heard good things about this movie or, or, you know, so, so things from this movie. But anyways, I saw the cast and I thought they could do no wrong. I, I, and I, I think, and I think, cause also I waited so long to watch this movie and it took me three tries. Yes. I booked my ticket on AMC three times and it took on the third time to actually go watch it. 
It's okay. I have AMC A list. It doesn't do anything. It just takes up a seat on their chart. I'm sorry for that. Um, so I think, so I think by the end of it, I built it up so much in my head that this movie is going to be so great. At the end, it felt a little underwhelming. I just had fun with it. Um, but I wanted something a little bit more. Anyways, this was still a fun movie. I think the best parts are Sarah Ronan, and I think I don't know why I got to say it like that. Sarah Ronan, and <laughs> um. And I think she even overshines, I think, the actual star of the movie, Sam Rockwell. Um, although he does a great job, too. I think where in this movie I felt wanting more is the whodunit part. I think, you know, because you know who done it. They, you know, everyone's a suspect. You know, everyone has a reason. Um, but I think in doing that, I I never, I, I, I believe the reasons, but I didn't believe, like, yeah, it could be me. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hopefully you do. Um and uh but that, like that's my biggest thing i think i just didn't oh like i didn't believe like oh shit they could be them they just gave me a reason i'm like okay that's cool and i think maybe just because like uh who done it has a formula and everything and I actually like that this movie kind of picks fun at that formula like oh so we're gonna gather everyone out of room everyone's a suspect you know blah 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 you know um and so yeah i, I like that they pick fun of that um and uh, I think the comedy is good, and I think there are good bits. It's, I I love I love Sam Rockwell's and Saoirse Ronan's uh, uh, "Don't Jump to Conclusions" bit. Um, I th- I think they're so funny, and I think they have great chemistry. And uh, what I also liked about this movie, this I kind of felt Wes Andersonish. There's a uh, there's some shots that felt like Wes Andersonish. Um, uh, like there's a there's a shot where everyone's like marching into a room, and then they all back up because <laughs> someone has a gun. And I thought, I'm like, yo. That's totally Wes Anderson. Um, and again, I like how they critique the these kind of movies. And um, but overall, I think I had fun with this movie. Uh, but I don't think it's like the best movie ever. I think I'm gonna give it a solid B. Um, moving on, talking about B. I mean Beast. Uh, we're gonna talk about Beast. Um, let me read you what it is. <clears throat> a recently widowed Doctor Nate. Daniels and his two teenage daughters travel to the South African game reserve managed by Martin Battles, an old family friend and wildlife biologist. However, what begins as a journey of healing soon turns into a fearsome fight for survival when a lion, a survivor of bloodthirsty poachers, begins stalking them. I don't know why I got louder at the end. I'm sorry for that. Um, and this is going to be really short. Um, this movie is exactly what you think when you saw the trailer and poster. This is exactly what he thought. It's um, it's a crazy action movie. Um, but it's a surpri- surprisingly fun and kind of like laid back kind of action movie where it just like, it feels like something out of the nineties and early two thousands. Um, what it feels like it's uh, I'll tell you what it feels like. It it feels like Cujo but with a lion. If you know what Cujo is, it's like you know people are trapped in the car and there's a dog with rabies, a Saint Bernard to be exact. Um, anyways. So it's not that deep of a movie. So don't go expecting a great story, characters, or really anything. It's a very fun movie, though. There's some great action scenes. Um, yeah, and it, only because I said there wasn't great, it doesn't mean it's it's not pretty good. <laughs> um, it explains, and you know, I kind of like that. It explains why the line goes ape shit, or in this case, line shit. Um, and it doesn't say, and and why they are there. And, you know, it's not like, oh, let's just go to this African wilderness, and there's gonna be a lion. Oh, uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's not like that. There's a reason why everything happens. Um, I also like the visuals in this movie. I like that the out the African wilderness. I like that they took something as simple as a safari tour and turned it into an action thriller. Because let me tell you something. I watch a lot of YouTube clips where they go into the safari, and it is very scary. Um, it is as close as you'll get to Jurassic Park. Um, if you don't believe me, watch uh elephants and must videos. Um, there's a YouTube clip where the this. <laughs> There's this tour, and then there's a an elephant and must. If you don't know, this time of year where elephants just get, I think, hormone crazy and they just turn very violent. Um. So, anyways, this I I think this elephant's like at, at the end of the must season and like he's just like poking around this tour bus and everyone's just like, oh my god, no, oh, please don't hurt me. And it, it's so funny, but it's so scary at the same time because if you think of elephants, you think of like like laid back elephants, you know, um. <laughs> kind of like Dumbo, I mean, without getting drunk part. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I thought I like that this movie did this. 
uh, that it was just a safari tour. They get trapped. There's a lion. Blah. Um, and I gotta say, it's very action packed. It's it's pretty fun. It scared me a couple of times. There's some, some like two shots at least that scared the shit out of me. Um, and but I, I gotta say, one of the flaws in here, it's, it's it's kind of a ridiculous movie. But also, what makes it so ridiculous is, of course, you're gonna have that character that makes a dumb decision that leads to, uh, just makes everyone put it gets. <laughs> Because of that dumb character makes a dumb decision, everyone gets put into danger. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's like the eldest daughter. She's and then it's what's so lame about that moment is just that didn't feel. Uh, it just felt out of character for that moment. But anyways, overall, C. Um, anyways, going next next to um, <clears throat> onto the next movie. Um, I I told you that was gonna be a short review. Uh, solid C beast. Um, anyways. Greatest beer run ever. So, um, let me tell you the synopsis. I'm so sorry about that. If I could just find my notes for that. I thought, oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. Um, in 1967, John Checky Donahue leaves New York to track down his army buddies in Vietnam and share a few beers with them, but instead is confronted with the horrors of the war. Okay. <clears throat> So I, to be honest, I didn't know anything about this movie. I thought, what did I think? I I thought it was gonna be like a a neighbors kind of movie, a Twenty One Jump Street kind of movie, like a teen movie, King, like Zach Efron trying still trying to be cool kind of movie, uh, present day. And uh, this movie's not that. <laughs> Just uh, kind of is, but not really. Um, I only knew the title and that Zach Zach Efron was in it. Um, I didn't know it was gonna be a war movie, especially with that type of title. Um, <laughs> so yeah, first we're, we're introduced to um. Zach Efron, Chicky, and uh, you know he gets really drunk and makes the idea of, uh, hey, I'm gonna go deliver some beers to some buddies in Vietnam. They deserve it. They're fighting for our country. You know it'd be cool. Um, which uh, tend just turns, <laughs> it turns funny because everyone takes them seriously and everyone's sorry. Like, hey, can you take this over there to my son? He hasn't got his package and yeah, and um, <laughs> and at first I felt like it, everything felt too easy for Zach Efron for Chicky. Um, especially how like, but that I mean it's kind of set up like that because even when he gets the tickets, um, he he's just like, oh, so um, there's no way I could get to Vietnam right in a boat, and they're like, yeah, oh, but there's not a there's not a boat leaving today, is there? And they're like, yeah, and so <laughs> of course it's added comedy, but then when he gets to Vietnam, um, I felt. This is why I'm trying to say it's too easy because it's too easy. It's too easy. Oh, LeBron shout out. Um, <clears throat> because once he gets to Vietnam, right on the dock, there's an army base, and he finds one of his friends, and then uh, then he gets uh, I forget what he does. He gets like a helicopter ride to another friend, which felt again he finds another friend too easy, and I'm like, this is a Vietnam War, right? Like this is not supposed to be too easy. But then, in that second friend, it starts to get real. Um. Like you start to see the dangers of Vietnam, you know, you could be shot at any time, anything go, anything goes. Um, and for me, it took a, a while to get things going, but once we got going, um, and it start, it stops getting easy. Uh, it, like one thing happens, action happens, scary things happen, and then one after another, and then you eventually like start caring for start caring for Zach Efron and the rest of the characters and you get sucked into this journey and you enjoy it and you laugh, you cry, some people die. It's it's just um and then you really get to see um some great shots of the Vietnam or like you know reenactions of Vietnam War, you know, um how hectic it was over there and you know the both sides of the of war, you know, uh, people on the United States and Vietnam and um I was ex- I was I wasn't expecting this, so I, for me it was a surprise more than anything. And um, Russell Crowe was also great. I also like that Zac Efron um, is a patriot, and he's like, "Yo, don't be messing with Flynn and B. Johnson. He might be an idiot, but he's our president. We gotta respect him." And you gotta start to see. <laughs> there's also a clip like, "Oh, Lyndon B. I, I want to say it's Lyndon B. Johnson. Sorry if I'm, but either way, the president of the United States at this time is like, "Yo, we're winning this war. Oh, we're we got him on their heels," and it's like. And we know as the audience that uh, we're in Vietnam and we're like, we're not even close to being that, like that being true. Um, 
And so you slowly and surely, uh, Zach Efron's character, Chicky, just like starts noticing the horrors of the war and both sides and everything. And I like that. So overall, I'm gonna give this movie an A minus. Um, so moving on. Oh, we're almost done here, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, and then moving on. <clears throat> the Good House with Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein. Uh, let me tell you something about that movie. Yeah. Um, a New England realtor ignites long buried emotions and family secrets when she rekindles a romance with her old high school flame. All right, that's cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein again teaming up once again for the third time. Uh, I think the other two movies are Dave and Ice Storm. Haven't seen any of them. Heard good stuff. But, anyways, talking about this movie, though, talking about this third movie they're in, <laughs> they're pretty good. <laughs> Just Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein were good. Uh, I like the chemistry. I like the comedy they both had. Um, one thing, uh, going to Sigourney Weaver, um, what what actually this whole movie let's talk about this whole movie first um at first it felt like a laid-back kind of movie like you know slice of life kind of thing i don't know maybe i'm using that term wrong but yeah like a hallmark movie lifetime movie you know nothing too serious is happening for most part of it like you know oh we might move out oh um we might lose the house we oh um my kid is not paying attention to me i don't know um stuff like that and uh so yeah, and then stuff like that is happening, you know, m- m- uh, middle class kind of stuff, like you know, um. And what I like about this movie, what I actually was surprised that it had like fourth ball breaks with Sigourney Weaver, like she's like, like one scene she's in a, you <clears throat> she's in an intervention, um, and Sigourney Weaver's like, yeah, I kind of hate these kind of things, right? And I'm like, well. What are you doing? What the? Because this movie didn't feel like it would have fourth wall breaks, um, and so when that happened, I'm like, Sergey, what are you doing? What? Who do you think you are? Deadpool? Come on, get over yourself. Um, <laughs> no, but I, overall, I, I did enjoy it. Um, just because I know what the alternative would probably would have been. It would have been like um, just a voiceover narration, and so I think this fourth wall break kind of adds emotion to the character you know like she has sudden real realizations um that impacts the moment she's in and um and especially uh the fourth wall breaks adding in with um technically supposedly she's like her family comes from like the witches like of salem or something like that sorry if i'm wrong um and then i also and adding in that um she's but throughout the whole movie she's um she's told she's an alcoholic and she's like no i'm not i only have it through beers I only throw back a few drinks every now and then. Um, if you want to, if you want to see a real drunk, you should have seen my mother. Um, and so, and what, what I like about it though, is she starts drinking and then like most alcoholics do, they black out. And then we just see the next morning and, um, uh, <laughs> and then we just get the results of like the neighbor, or, like some characters like, yo, Sigourney Weaver. Well, that was some crazy shit you did last night. What, what the hell happened? And so, uh, you're just left with the, re- and then you get a recap of what happened. Um, so I'm just saying all that stuff adds to, I like the ending of this movie. Um, <laughs> I know that just came out of nowhere, um, but all this stuff leads to the ending of the movie, which makes the ending of the movie impactful. Cause the whole time Sigourney Weaver's like, yo, I'm not alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. And then she kind of makes a point where like, what? Um, I don't even look like all. And then, alcoholic and you know it's true because she looks like a businesswoman and looks like she's like if anything she's a high functioning uh alcoholic because you know she's at a party and then she's throwing back and she's just having fun with the rest of it no she's not like saying like a whole speech where she's calling out people and um or anything and then i think when you think of alcoholics you think of like day drinkers and like you know you just you get to see them but again this movie kind of makes you think, but maybe she is right. Maybe she is an alcoholic and everyone else is overreacting, you know? She's just having a little fun. That's all it is. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, um, so I, I, I like that this movie talks about, like, alcoholism. I don't know really anyone that's al- alcoholic. Maybe, like, one, two people. But uh, I like that this movie tackles that topic because um, I don't think it's talked about enough. At least in movies. Or maybe I'm wrong, or I'm just making the shit up as I go. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> overall, I really like this movie. And I gotta say, it's a it's a long shot, but I'm gonna say it. I think Sergey Weaver and Kevin Klein might get an Oscar nomination. I doubt it. There's so many good movies this this uh this season. And but um, I don't know. Long shot, maybe at least a Golden Globe. But yeah, I'm gonna throw it out there. Overall, I liked it. It's an A minus. Uh, moving on, the last movie on our list, The Woman King. And let me tell you something about The Woman King. Um, <clears throat> and eight. I'm not gonna do a voice for this one. After. Um, in the 1800s. A group of all-female warriors protect protects the African kingdom of Dahomey with skills and fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen. Faced with a new threat, Jen, um, <laughs> I know this is Viola Davis' character. Uh, Viola Davis trains the next generation of recruits to fight against a foreign enemy that is de- that determined that's determined to destroy their way of life. Jesus Christ! Come on, Hoover, get it together. Um. Anyways, I said Viola Davis. <laughs> Not because it's actually her. Uh, it's just her character name that I can't pronounce. Um, anyways, <clears throat> let's just uh, review this movie right now. Um, let's tackle the elephant in the room. Uh, Dahomey was a real big slave trader, you know? And uh, I'm not saying like I, I researched it and I know everything about it. I'm just saying what I know. But the uh, the controversy with this movie is like Dahomey was a real big slave trader in real life. And... um. And this movie made it seem like they just ignored that and that this movie is just made because it's the woman king, woman empowerment, blah, blah, blah. And they ignored everything that the homie actually was. Um, and then that uh, it, this movie is like the Nazis being the, portrayed as the heroes because they stopped themselves and whatever. Um, and I don't know if that last part is accurate because I don't know. The ending of Dahomey. I don't know. I don't know if they actually ended themselves from slave trading. I'm not sure about that. Um, I didn't dig that deep into my research. But anyways, going back to this movie, it's um though some of those claims are not true because they do actually tackle like, hey, Dahomey, our kingdom. <laughs> um, not Dahomey. Hey, but King, um, Dahomey is like selling our people. Uh, we should stop doing that. And they actually like mention it and they actually stop themselves from doing that um or try to stop themselves uh and stop stop the circle of slaves trading and everything they, they try to end that circle of that and so that is not totally accurate of those claims um and it's not like and actually that's a that's a focal point and it drives the whole movie that's what the whole movie is about is a slave trade and so um again i'm not even sure so again i'm not this movie is very inaccurate from what I've just seen and heard and whatever. Um, and I haven't done my own research, but that's what I've heard. So uh, I only want to review this movie for what the movie is and not their historic accurate inaccuracies. But I'll, I'll just say that because I felt like that's the elephant in the room. And I felt like if I didn't mention it at all, like, you know, that felt that would feel weird. Uh, but anyways, I just want to point that out. Anyways. Anyway, Viola Davis. It's so great in this movie. She seems so like her character is so tough, so threatening. Um, you know, she's the general of this army, and um, like she really has no like fear in her eyes. Um, but I also like that she's presented so tough. But then we get to see her emotional, vulnerable moments, and I like that. It shows two sides of the character. And Viola Davis, you know, Viola Davis is so great. She she has so many awards and been nominated so many times. We know how great Viola Davis is. And so, and she, she brings her, her game to this movie, you know, like, it's not like she won't, but yeah. Um, and I feel like the rest of the cast feeds off of that because everyone else in the cast, not saying that they're great on their own, but I'm saying like, it just feels like that, especially with the, the, the character that is um, involved with uh, <clears throat> the woman King uh, interacts with the woman King. Uh what is her name? Nawi. And I'm sorry I'm pronouncing it wrong. But yeah, she um going against a great like Viola Davis is a tough task. And I think she doesn't gets overshined by Viola Davis. And I think she even I think if anything, she overshines Viola Davis. But um or at least she goes toe to toe at the very at the very least. But yeah, I think she does a great job. Zogi is my favorite character, Lashana Lynch. If you don't know Lashana Lynch, she is uh maria rambo and captain marvel 
and and you know and she's also in no time to die and john boyega does a great job too he, he's a great job he, he does a great job um and sheila that's him does also the, i'm sorry if i pronounced your name wrong um but she also is a great actor and and she does a really good job in this movie and okay uh, the acting is great of course what about the rest of the movie? The sound is great. The direction is great. Everything is great about this movie. Uh, the the fight scenes are so cool. Um, I I thought it was like some of the this might I, I want to say this is probably like top five movie in of the year for me at myself and I for myself and I also want to say that this movie is also I don't know maybe it might be an Oscar nominee but I due to controversy I don't know. If it were to get nominated, and also again, it's a tough, it's a tough year for movies to get an Oscar nomination and for awards in general. Um, so yeah, uh, overall, this movie is an A, A for me. Um, I think it would give an A plus, but they kind of with the A inaccuracies, I can't ignore that. Um, and so yeah, overall, if they just switched the homie and they, if they switched the the name or something else i think this movie would have got more praise but because of the main factor of that i think it's just getting bashed and again you can't ignore that you, you know movies can have historic accuracies but to that extent i'm like i don't know but uh, overall i i definitely recommend it i definitely recommend it i wasn't bored at all with this movie um i thought it was so great i was so invested um the only thing that maybe also i didn't like is that there's a plot kind of a small plot twist with Viola Davis's character and another character. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> just like, I wasn't like, Oh my gosh. But like, you know, I thought it just added to Viola Davis's character and the other one too. So yeah. Um, overall I had fun with this movie and yeah, that kind of ends and concludes our mini review spectacular. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, let's give myself and the show an outro. If you liked what we heard, please tell a friend and, because it helps us get more listeners such as yourself. And if you want to follow us on our social media, you can on Instagram at cinema underscore buns. That's with a Z, the last one of the alphabet. And please review our show wherever you can. It just helps us get, again, more known. Um, so with that being said, my name is Hoover Ramirez. This has been your second mini review spectacular. And um, I'm out. Bye. Bye again.